Welcome to the Work Camper Show, a podcast devoted to helping you discover how to finance your RV travel dreams. I'm Steve Anderson, the president of Work Camper News. Each one of our episodes will either introduce you to people who are already living the RV lifestyle or to opportunities to work short-term jobs. You'll also learn how to hit the road the right way and make the most of every opportunity. Now let's turn over today's show to your host, Greg Gerber. Thank you, Steve. It's our last podcast episode of 2022, and I'll be interviewing a woman who will inspire you to stop talking about changing up your life someday and take that all-important first step to do it now. In fact, she'll have you anxious to go cotty-wampling yourself in 2023. This episode has been sponsored by WorkCamper News. With its diamond and platinum membership tools, WorkCamper News is much more than just a job listing website. When you put the tools of this professional service into action, you'll find out just how easy it can be to turn your work camping dreams into reality. The one-year memberships open the door to a one-stop shop for all things work camping. Being the original resource for work camping, you'll find the largest number of job listings, be able to connect with the community of work campers, and peruse resources compiled by experts who have enjoyed the lifestyle for many years. Most Diamond and Platinum members receive inquiries from their online resumes within a day of being posted. The Work Camper Experiences section has been piling up reviews of employers since 2007. Each archived issue of the Work Camper News magazine lists hundreds of jobs, and hotline jobs are emailed right to you for the states you're most interested in visiting. If you're serious about leading a successful and enjoyable work camping lifestyle, then a Diamond or Platinum membership is for you. You can even get started with a free 30-day trial by visiting www.workcamper.com forward slash trial. Embark on new adventures today with the support of Work Camper News behind you. Christy Halverson was living a great life. She was a firefighter and paramedic who rose to the rank of lieutenant, paid well, provided daily challenges, was very rewarding to her personally. But she yearned for freedom to go anywhere and just follow her passions. Christy was following the same well-worn path so many people follow. Her plan was to work until she turned 52, and then retire so she could travel around the country and the world. However, sometime in her 30s, Christy started asking herself why she needed to wait until she was 52, with bad knees or some other issue that would prevent her from visiting places and doing things she's always dreamed of doing. She realized that she was just one work-related injury away from not being able to hike and bike and do all the other things she loved to do outdoors. In 2015, she developed a five-year plan to quit her job and hit the road living a fully mobile lifestyle. In 2017, three years ahead of schedule, Christy started living an entirely different life. She bought a 2002 Airstream travel trailer, added solar power and a composting toilet, then began what Christy calls a modern-day walkabout. She rarely spends time in campgrounds, opting instead to spend as much time as possible in the middle of nowhere on property owned by the Bureau of Land Management and National Forest Service. Of all the benefits to her new lifestyle, the one Christy enjoys the most is flexibility to go somewhere and stay for a day, a week, or a month before moving on. She also discovered there are a lot of people who want to learn how to do what she's been doing. So Christy offers coaching services to teach people how to go cottywampling which is a term that describes heading in a direction without the constraints of what people believe is possible. When people embrace the concept of cottywampling, Christy said they become more alive, and that's when the unimaginable happens, but in a good way. To tell us more about her experiences and how she helps people cast off things, both real and imaginary, that hold them back from enjoying a full life, 
please welcome Christy Halverson to the show. Thanks for joining me today, Christy. I really appreciate your time. Tell me what prompted you or caused you to pursue this kind of lifestyle? I was, it was a dream of mine. My second career, my longest career was as a firefighter paramedic. And I was going to get to retire at 52. And so my dream was, as soon as I retire, getting an RV and traveling North America and the world. And I don't know, somewhere in my mid-30s, I started thinking, why do I need to wait till then? That seems like a long ways off. And I have bad knees. And I'm thinking, by the time I'm 52, like I might not be able to hike and bike and do all the things I can do now. So in 2015... I made a five-year plan that by the end of 2020, I'd be fully mobile on the road, nothing but the truck and trailer with my boyfriend at the time. It was going to be the two of us. Very good. And so you've been on the road for how long? I actually hit the road November of 17, so a little over five years now. What kind of experiences have you had that have been really outstanding? I tell everyone, like the full package, I feel like without knowing it, I sent myself on a modern day walkabout, like the aboriginals, these are the young people. I didn't know I was sending myself on a walkabout, but that's what happened. And I've seen so much about life, so much about myself, so much about people. I've, it's been the whole package. Like I've fallen in love with humans because I've met so many people out on the road. I, I say angels are everywhere because I can't believe just the experiences I've had all across the country, all over the world. And I really enjoy being off-grid. Like my trailer's composting toilet, solar. I need to be in town about once every three weeks to fill up with water. And other than that, I can be out in the middle of nowhere. And I feel like because I went on this journey solo by myself, I've been solo the whole time. It really helped me just have these experiences out in the middle of nowhere, like in, in the mountains or on desert sunsets, and just see really deep stuff about life. What type of RV do you have? I have a 2002 Airstream Classic. So a travel trailer. That's cool. Travel trailer. Yep. And I have a Ram 2500 that pulls it. <laughs> Very good. And then you said you have a composting toilet and you added solar so you could do all of your boondocking all the time if you wanted to. Yep. Do you spend, have, do you spend any the, time in campgrounds? Rarely. I, I was thinking you were going to ask that, and I bet I can't. I bet I can count on one hand how many RV parks I've stayed at in five years. And, but I have stayed at state parks and national parks every once in a while. But even there, it feels too sardines in a can for me a lot of the time. So my preference is just out in the middle of nowhere or BLM land, national forests. And I'm a member of Boondockers Welcome. And I've, I use that here and there. I don't even use that much. It's probably on the West Coast rarely, but on the East Coast, it's harder to find boondocking spots. So on the East Coast, Boondockers Welcome, I might use 15 times a year. On the West Coast, I rarely use it. But that's about it. That's where I stay. How do you find places to stay? A lot of times it's word of mouth. So I love to live like a local wherever I am. And, and I don't, people think I put a lot of miles on my truck, but I really enjoy going places and staying for a week or sometimes even a month and getting to know the place. And I feel like I'm a local and then people will tell me places. And then when I'm places where I just don't know, or I'm traveling somewhere, I use iOverlander, freecampsites.net, Campendium. That's, those are my three go-tos. How, and, far, how far in advance are you planning your trips? 
I don't plan at all. Not at all. No. So you wake up in the morning and you say, time to leave. And you just let you follow your nose. Most of the time, every once in a while, I'll have a somewhere I need to be or a friend wants to meet up or you name it like that. But other than that, I truly, I follow my, the tickles of my soul is what I call it. And I do that in life. So maybe this is interesting, but that was the experiment. When I first hit the road, my, I was on an experiment. Could I just live by following my kind of inner compass, inner knowing and not have a plan and just wander? I call it Cotty Wampling. That's right. You created a new word to describe what you do. Yeah, it's actually, it's a word, but it's not in the dictionary, but most people have never heard of it. But my trailer's name is Cody Wumple. Cody Wumple is just my thing. So that, when I set off in, in 2017, that was it. Can I just live and have no idea where I'm going next? And I would just go somewhere and stay there until I knew where to go next. And sometimes that'd be a day or two later, and sometimes it'd be weeks later. Okay. And and sometimes I'll move every couple of days or it just all depends. But I just wait until I know and I can't describe it. I just deep down will know where to go, whether somebody suggests something or I find something on Google or and then I just know to go and I'll go. What are some of the favorite places that you visited? It often feels like my favorite place is where I am. <laughs> <laughs> I think I fall in love with so many places. But I can just name a few off the top of my head that just, for example, the first, the first place that caught me was Bend, Oregon. That's a beautiful area. To, uh, I didn't know. I'd never been. And a high school friend saw me meandering north. I'll post on Facebook. And he saw me generally trending north. And he said, you got to come visit. So I stopped for a weekend to say hi on my way to Canada for the summer. Well, I went to Canada for a month and turned around and went back to Bend and stayed the whole summer. And that was the first time I ever stayed somewhere that amount of time. But I literally spent the whole summer in Bend and just fell in love. Then Vancouver Island, I was on the island for about three weeks. And I wish I could have stayed longer. I had, I was picking my mom up from the airport in Portland. People often fly out and meet me and travel with me. If it wasn't for that, I would have stayed on Vancouver Island quite a long time. But I loved it there. Wait. Last fall was Minnesota. Like, I think it's called Boyers National Park. Can't remember the name. Starts with a V. It's a national park in Minnesota. Okay. And and then I just came back from a trip with my mom again, and we fell in love with Vermont in the fall. If you haven't done Vermont in the fall, you got to put it on your bucket list. That's gorgeous area with all the fall colors. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. We were blown away. Vancouver Island. Is that the one that's in Washington or is that the one in Canada? It's the one in Canada. That's what I thought. Did you have any problems getting in there for an entire season or several months? No, I've done border crossings a couple times and I've always been like so ready to like have everything searched because the back of my truck is like everything I own is either in the back of my truck or this trailer. And I've never had a problem. I don't know if I just have an honest face or what, but <laughs> but they asked me a few questions and let me through. Like I've never been searched. Nobody's even set foot in my trailer. So it's been quite simple. And they have asked how long I stay and it's hard to say, I don't know. But I'll, but it's usually, I don't know, but definitely not longer than a month or six weeks or something like that. Okay. Yeah. With that, when you're bringing your home with you, they might wonder if you do intend to return back to the United States, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. What kind of areas remain on your adventure list? Alaska. Alaska. Yeah. I've been dreaming of like a full, like the full season, like staying in Canada on the way, doing maybe a month in Alaska or so, and then coming back. Yeah. So that's on the bucket list. That's my one huge bucket list is making that journey. So you would drive 
uh, through Canada to get to Alaska. You wouldn't hop on a ferry and float up. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Super. And I also would love on the way to Alaska, or maybe it'll be before Alaska, because I'm not sure when Alaska will be, is the Banff area, the Canadian Rockies. Oh. Everybody told me about Banff, and they told me I had to visit there. So I had a route that went right through that national park, and it rained the entire day. Not just oh, no. rain, that was downpouring. I couldn't see anywhere past the highway. And I was so disappointed because I was really looking forward to that beautiful scenic drive. And I'll have to oh. get back there and spend a couple of weeks. Yeah. Laura, have you been to Glacier? I forgot. That's one of my yes. other favorite places. Mm -hmm. So I hear they're very similar. <laughs> oh, that's neat. And yeah. Now, what gives you the ability to pursue this kind of location-independent, time-independent lifestyle? I have my own business. That's why people often ask, are you independently wealthy? I'm like, heck no. I started my business in 2015. Remember when I made my five-year plan? And I thought it would take five years in order to have make enough money. That was part of the reason it was a five-year plan. But uh, yeah, I have my own business and I've been that's afforded everything I do. I don't have any other income other than that. And what do you do for business? I'm a coach and I sometimes cringe when I say the word coach because I think of myself as so much more than that, but I don't know the proper word. It might be guide. I don't know. But yeah, I'm, I do coaching like for the mind. So I meet on usually almost always on Zoom. Every now and then I'm, I can meet in person if I'm in the area or if they want to fly to where I'm at. And I just have really deep conversations with people. And I help them get more out of, them, out of themselves than they could on their own with a lot less effort, lost, like hardly any stress, more fun. And it's all through deep conversations and really just exploring who we are and what we really want and really learning and knowing when to pay attention to our thinking and when not to. Now, many of your clients are probably stuck somewhere. What do they get stuck in? Is it finding purpose? Is it trying to figure out who they are? Yeah, like, I, I think the easiest thing we get stuck in is either in the past or the future. And that's something I really work with people on is um, experience. And that's why, like, the closest word to what I do is coach, because there's just not another word. But I really help people experience life in a different way. So there's no, like, homework, like, term paper and stuff. But what I do is we have deep conversations and help them see life just a little different. And then they go out and then they get to experience what we've talked about and see it a different way. And there's so much we talk about, but I would say the one thing we talk about the most is one is who am I in a really, really deep way. And maybe even before that is like really being in the present moment and not spending much time in the past or in the future. How do you find your clients when you're traveling? They actually find me. <laughs> so when I started in 2015, I really worked hard because when you first start a business, nobody knows you and nobody cares. So I worked those first two, two and a half years. I was like boots on the ground, worked really hard. I did a lot of speaking engagements, a lot of networking events, a lot of really working to grow my business. And then um, I was really tired when I first left in 2017. So what I decided was I was going to give myself a uh, uh, one-year sabbatical and not work between November of 17 and November of 18 and just live off my savings and have fun. But I had 11 clients. So I said, I'm going to keep coaching these guys, but I don't, because that doesn't feel like work, but I'm not going to go and try to get business. 
And what's interesting is my business grew in that year. Really? Without trying, without like really trying. Just through referrals? Referrals. And here's the thing. So I used to do speaking engagements quite often. And in that first year, I was asked to give two talks. And both of those talks, like clients came from them. And then I meet people on the road. And oftentimes it's not the people I meet that end up being clients, but they'll know somebody and they'll tell somebody. And then to my clients, so it's probably like 70% referral and then 30% everything else. But people just contact me and I don't really have to go knocking on doors or going to networking events anymore. They just show up. Who is the ideal client for you? It's someone, no matter where they are in life, they're open to being really open and curious. And what's even more fun is if they've got something going on and it doesn't matter what. It could be like raising kids or it could be starting a new business or it could be wanting to go on a journey of some sort or it could be anything. But if, if when people have something that they're really, that they're up to, it gives us so much more material to work with. That's right. So yeah, so that's much ideal. What are some of the advantages that you've had to this kind of lifestyle or running a business from the RV? Just the flexibility. I can work from anywhere. I oftentimes have all the boosters and cell phone gadgets and that kind of thing. So I'm, I can generally find service. But it's like in my business, it's all just scheduling and having conversations just like this. And so it's so flexible. I can pile in all my clients in two to three days a week and then just go have fun and go way out in the middle of nowhere with no cell service the rest of the week. And two, I think, oh, go ahead. Do you have problems finding or getting internet connections or cell connections or even finding electricity when you're out boondocking? My electricity comes from the sun. Okay, that's right. Unless it's a rainy... Unless it's a rainy day I, or it's cloudy for too long. But I rarely ever truly run out of energy because I'm just really conservative and have a big battery bank. How big is your solar connection or the size of your panels and the bank? I have, on my roof, I have 600 watts. And then I have a 200 watt briefcase that I put out and face towards the sun, especially when I'm in the shade. So I have 800 watts total coming in. And then I have 400 amp hours of AGM Lifeline batteries. And so there's 200 amp hours usable in those. Okay. So it's enough to keep you, your systems powered overnight? Oh yeah. Everything. And I run my fridge. If I, if it's a sunny day, I run my fridge off electric in the day, but at night I turn it on gas. Yeah. Very cool. And what what kind of challenges have you faced when you've been on the road? Soft breaks. (laughs) Soft breaks. (laughs) And you're in the middle of nowhere and you're like, summoning your inner MacGyver. You're like, what can I build with a straw and a toothpick? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's been a big thing is in, because I, I my, my trailer is old enough to drink a beer. It's 21. So things break. That's, that's been a big learning for me. But it's like, my trailer has been like my dojo from Karate Kid. Like Karate Kid learned all these lessons by washing cars and painting fences. I've learned so much about life and how to be by dealing with the catastrophes that show up living full-time on something that rumbles down the road and is 21 years old. And I've gotten really good at fixing stuff. All by yourself? Or do you have to find... Are we getting an echo? I don't have one. Okay. Fixing things all by yourself or do you take them into dealerships? No, I generally fix things on my own. Um, And I take it to a dealership I don't even, because I don't trust a lot of people because it's my baby and it's an Airstream. A lot of people don't understand. So I literally have one guy 
And I want to get a, give a shout out to Vinny from Vinny's Airstream Repair in Sac- near Sacramento, California, because I will straight up drive across the country to see Vinny. Oh, wow. It's a testimonial. Yes. So he is my guy. If I wish I could take him in my pocket and take him with me. But, uh, and then other than that, I have one, one dealership in New Jersey. So I save things to go see Vinny or go to New Jersey. And I try never to go to anyone else in between because I've had a bunch of experiences where people just didn't do the good work. And I feel like I do pretty good work. I'm pretty handy. So I've, you name it, people will be shocked at what I've done with my trailer by myself. I would imagine that a number of people, I would feel uncomfortable trying to fix my own trailer, but I don't know how women feel in particular about trying to do that when they're traveling solo. Has that not been an issue for you though? I've gotten frustrated, had bloody knuckles and I've (laughs) dropped swear words. But what's, here's the thing, and this is why I say it's, it, I've learned so much through this journey. And part of it is like traveling with a 21 year old trailer is someone suggested this to me early on is when my trailer breaks, it can either be a love story or a catastrophe. And it's my choice, whether it's a catastrophe or love story. And so when my trailer breaks, sure, it's not like I threw a party. It's very disturbing. But then I switch into, all right, I, her name's Cotty. Like, all right, I'm just going to learn more about my Cotty. And there's fun things that happen. I'll, I'll fix something and a year later it'll break again. And I'm like, oh, that's simple. It took me four days to figure it out. Now give me an hour, I'm done. But everything that breaks, I, I use as a learning experience. And again, people will be shocked to know what I've done to my trailer. And because I'm shocked, I can't believe I know how to figure things out. But YouTube is a blessing. That's all I have to say. YouTube. So you're YouTube certified as a mechanic. I'm a YouTube mechanic in my truck too. Yeah. And you have not had any formal training on how to fix these things? No, but I, I grew up not rich. So ever since my very first car throughout the 1986 VW Golf, I've known how to like change my bearings. I've always changed my oil. Like I'm 44 years old and I've maybe gone to get somebody to change my oil like just a handful of times and yeah like i changed out all the bearings in my trailer i couldn't even do that (laughs) yeah i replaced all the electrical outlets in my trailer today's project i don't can't see the hole in my ceiling but i took out the old batwing antenna because i hated it i'm putting in a new antenna so i i do all that stuff but i it takes a lot more time than i ever imagined but i learn about my trailer and i decide to make it a love story that makes you empowers you in a way, right? Because you know you can do it. You can pretty much handle anything that comes your way. So it's not really a concern for you. No, when stuff breaks, now in the beginning when stuff breaks, I would have a, I had more of a time. And even now when stuff breaks, I still get frustrated. It's not like I, I jump for joy, but I'm like, oh God, okay. I can do this. It's like one of those, like, all right, let me put my big girl pants on and get to work. Do you travel by yourself or do you have a pet with you? Nope, I travel Completely by myself. Okay, super. Yeah. And you enjoy the flexibility of that? I do. And you want to know why this sounds funny? Why I don't have a pet? Because sometimes I'm like, man, it'd be so nice to have a dog to go hike with and hang out with. But I love to travel away from home a lot. As in, I store my truck and trailer together and head overseas. Oh. And you can't do that with a pet. So there was about a year and a half period where I spent more time out of the U.S. than in the U.S. When I actually found out how easy it was to store everything I know I own, and usually it costs 50 or 80 bucks a month. I can literally just park it, lock it up, and 
hop with a backpack and go anywhere in the world and take all my expenses with me. Because, you know, everything I would normally spend on every food and all that here, I can go to Brazil or Greece or Bosnia or, I don't know, I've been to so many countries. What an incredible lifestyle. Yeah, it's it was so much fun. And yeah. you're doing this now long before people are even considering retiring and be going into work camping. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been fun. And I say I accidentally figured out that I could do that because when I left, that was never the plan. The plan was I'll wander in my trailer, see North America. I never planned to spend so much time in other countries, but I accidentally found out how cheap it is to store a rig. And it just dawned on me, wait, if I can pay somebody 75 bucks a month and just take a backpack and get tickets to anywhere, like, why would I do that? That's a very good point. And yeah. so you can do international travel or you can hit the Appalachian Trail and start walking for a while and find your exactly. way back to Cadi at some point. That's neat. Yeah. yeah. And all, anybody that wants to know about that, this is what I found. You find a city with a really good airport where prices are pretty low. And then you just call around to campgrounds or either storage lots and find a safe one. And you, I literally would park my trailer, get an Uber to the airport and head off. That's and so I've done that several different cities, just find a big airport, find somewhere to store it. And then one time I was without my trailer for seven months. Wow. I thought it'd be three months. Where did I store it? It was San Jacinto outside of LA. I thought I would store it for three months and I ended up not coming back to it for seven. And it was still there. It was still there. I came back once because again, I packed for summer. And it started getting cold. So I had to go to LA, then drive out to my trailer, like exchange clothes and then head out again. But yeah, at that time I actually stored it for seven months and it was unbelievable. With your coaching, you offer one-on-one and small group options. Can you describe what they entail? Sure. The small group is, think of it as a group. It's usually around 15 of us with me included. So 14 people and me of explorers, explorers of life. And it's called the Cotty Wample Group Program. And it's actually not about travel. It's one, we take a deep dive into what Cotty Wampling is and how it relates to everything in life. It's really about following the tickles of your soul or following your heart more and using your brain less and less. And so we take a deep dive into that. And I have a Cotty Wample exercise that everybody goes out, does while we're on a call. And then for the rest of the 10 weeks we're together, it's up to the people in the group to bring the topics of exploration. And so they bring anything. And it's so much fun because it's a group. I've had people tell me it's one of the best groups they've ever done. And at the same time, it's a group about nothing. And because it's how I live, we do that. But in exploring truths about life, and it can be anything to like nitty gritty. I'm arguing with my spouse and I don't know what to do to what is creativity and how can I do more of that to I'm, I'm wanting to climb the career ladder and I don't quite know what to do next to what is peace and contentment. And then some people bring songs. They're like, oh, I have heard this song. and I really love to explore that. And so we'll explore a song. I've had people suggest an entry for everyone to watch. And then we explore that. And it's a really, really deep exploration. It's not just people sitting, talking about stuff. What I tell people is when we cottywample, when we're in this special space of exploration, as much as possible, don't talk, like don't share when you 
think you know the answer. Like you think, oh, I got the answer. I know what to say. Speak when you don't know what's going to come out of your mouth. <laughs> that could get really interesting then. My goodness. It does. But if you had a problem, it's like taking it to an entire board of directors. It's like, I've got, I'm yeah. struggling with this question or this issue or whatever the case might be. And then letting everybody else weigh in with advice. That would be kind of. It is. And it's, and it actually goes beyond advice into this airy fairy land of really asking ourselves, like asking every, asking the universe, asking God, whatever you want to call that. What is going on here? And so there's. I have this thing like no helping. So when somebody brings something, like don't try to help because here's the thing. I know no I know so deeply that everyone has their own answers. It's just a matter of them finding them. So most of the time advice isn't warranted. Even when we ask half the time we don't want it. But there's because no giving advice would mean you think you know what to do. And you're supposed to talk more and more from the space of having no idea what's gonna come out of your mouth. And so it's an experience that I suggest everyone have. And what happens is on these groups, there's such beautiful relationships are built. Like the people in the groups end up being friends and meeting up in real life. And yeah. That would be very hard for a man to just sit there and not be able to say anything because we know everything. And we have, there's not an opinion that we don't have about something. The thing is, one of the caveats of this group is you can't get it wrong. Okay. What if you can't get it wrong? So even when you think you know the answer and you talk, that nobody comes down on you. It's just, oh, cool. And sometimes it's great, but it's almost a percent, put a percentage on it. I really hope for like 70% of the time, people don't know what they're saying. But even I, when I talk, sometimes I talk and I know what I'm saying. So it's not a hard and fast rule. It's just, we get into some really cool explorations by more and more speaking into the room. We don't know what we're going to say. How long are the calls? They're just an hour. Oh, it so sounds we, like they could be days long. It could be. <laughs> But there's something special about an hour because it's it's just long enough, but not too long. Okay. Like the calls are never boring. In fact, almost all the calls are like, man, I wish we had more time. But it gives us, like when we leave and the answers haven't been all placed on the table, it leaves us the whole week to explore that on our own. So it's 10 sessions. We meet 10 sessions in a row for an hour. And then we take a month break and we go cottywample on our own and see what we see about all the stuff we've been talking about. And then we have a reunion call. And that's a longer call. That's about a two-hour call. The 11th call is when we all come back and everybody shares stories about all the cool stuff that's happened in our life. So the 10 sessions take place in 10 days? Is 10 sessions in 10 weeks. 10 weeks. Okay. And yeah. Then you take so it's a once a week. And then we take about a month break. Sometimes it's six weeks. We just pick a day that everybody can make it in about a month's time. And then we come back for the big reunion call. And almost every session, people are like, this was the best call I've ever been on the reunion call. Because it's, it's just beautiful to hear what people have seen and experienced. And, and sometimes people are like, life sucks. And then people were like, oh, I'm so glad you said life sucks because people don't have the guts <laughs> to say that. I'm finally glad. There's just a range of what happens. And how do you find these people? They find you. They find me. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Very well, good. Yeah. And if people wanted to explore in greater detail specific issues pertaining to their life, that's what the one-on-one -on -one coaching is about? Yes. So the one-on-one, -on -one, they're like two different animals, but a lot of my one-on-one -on -one clients will hop in in one of the groups because it's almost like you get more material because you have these 14 people and everybody brings up stuff and you're like, oh, I'd never think to deeply explore that. But the really like big life-changing exploration happens in the one-on-one -on -one because it's the only focus is on the person. And 
I just have a special way of exploring to where when I, when the way it looks to me is there's rarely ever a problem. There's just misunderstandings. And so when people come and they think they have big problems or they think or they're really having a tough time, say they even have anxiety or depression, more often than not, it's not that long of a time before they're seeing everything so different because we can go so deep and have these deep, long conversations. I start people off when we begin. We, we meet over three days, like three days in a row. We pick three hours each day for three days in a row. And that's how we kick off. And then after that, we usually meet twice a month for an hour and a half. Did you need and, um, did you need any training to become a coach? Yes, I've done a ton of training. And and then Cody has trained me as well. <laughs> okay. Are but, you did you have to go to school to become certified or things like that? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I did. I actually have a bunch of degrees that in a way could help me with this stuff. So I have a master's in mechanical engineering and business. And I also have EMS a medical degree. And then in 2015 is when I wanted to do this as a lifestyle is when I went back to college for coaching. So I've actually done, I did that first program to get my certification and all the, everything's and I's dotted and T's crossed. And then I'd gone to two other certification programs since and actually was a facilitator. Like I was the training coordinator for another program. So I actually was part of the training staff that trained coaches. And then, like I said, my journey has been like a walkabout. I feel like I've learned so much through all my training, but the, to me, the depth of my coaching comes from my life experience and how I know I can help people have this similar experience and send them on their own little mini walkabouts. That's a great opportunity for people, I would imagine. Do you want to yeah. talk about cost or do would you like to have people contact you directly for that? Yeah, contact me directly. For one-on-one, -on -one, it's such a range because I don't have any set programs. It's pretty much what I invite people to do is if you're curious, we have a call, just a meet and greet get to know each other, ask any questions, call. And then if you really feel like this might be something you want to do, then I invite people for a session on me. And what I tell people, sure, if you're halfway interested in working together, have a session. And then through that session, you'll know. You'll have, usually if after one session, you'll have a pretty good idea of whether we're a good fit and this is something for you. And then after that is when we design a program for you. And so the price varies a lot. Now, the Cadiwample group, the 11, the 10 weeks plus the one meeting a month later, that's 125. Well, that's so reasonable. That, and that's, it's super affordable. It's my life's passion, that group. So a lot of people are like, oh, you should raise your prices because I really don't make much money off that group. But I just love doing it so much. So I, right now I've been running it two to three times a year. At one point I was running it four or five times a year, but now it's usually two or three times a year I do that. But yeah, it's really affordable. If you're even a half a bit curious, that group is a great place to get your feet wet. That's wonderful. Yeah. You had mentioned Cadi Wampling several times. How did you come up yes. with that term and what is it? Okay. So I didn't come up with a term, but it's one of those things that I'll never forget the place I was when I first saw the word. And I said, oh my God, this is it. This is like my, my word. And so I just saw a meme somewhere on, I get might've been Facebook or Instagram. And it said Cadi Wample and something in the realm of, traveling purposely towards unknown destinations. And I'm like, it. And right then I knew, I didn't have the Airstream yet, but I knew my Airstream's name would be Kadi Wample. And I started looking for her. And I knew that's what I would do when I hit the road. And so that's the 
first definition is traveling purposely towards unknown destinations. The second definition is being open to unlimited possibilities. And the third definition is to unpredict your unpredict. That would be hard for people, right? They all have these expectations and they want their life to unfold in a specific way. And to unpredict would, A, cause anxiety for some people, but I could see where that would be very freeing for others. And actually, you're correct. (laughs) But it only causes anxiety in the beginning when you think it's nuts and crazy and that you have these plans and you needed to work out how you wanted to work out. But here's the thing. So we can, that's though traveling purposely towards unknown destinations. Could we see something or we have something we really want? Again, whether it's a relationship, a job, you name it. Millions of dollars. It could be anything. Or a feeling like I just want peace. It could be anything. So that's your des- that's where you're heading. You're traveling purposely in that direction. But cottywampling is being open to anything that happens. And really trusting that you, say you think you need to be heading metaphorically that way, and suddenly you're tickled to take a step this way, which looks totally opposite direction, but to trust yourself enough to take that step and see where you end up. And almost always, when we do this in any part of life, where we end up is blows our mind. It's so much more incredible than what we had planned. There are such limits to our imagination. Like yes. we can only imagine so much. I never in my wildest dreams could imagine these last five years. I thought I had it in my head what I was going to do. Oh, I'm going to travel around an Airstream and see cool stuff. Never in my wildest dreams did I imagine I'd be seeing the whole world, having all these epiphanies, meeting all the people I've met. I, before we started recording, I shared how my mom was sick and I was able to drive straight to Florida and just be with her full time for quite a while, which I couldn't have done if I had a quote real job. But that's because of cottywampling, because I had, I was so open and I dropped all my expectations and I just let things happen and happy accidents happen. That's very cool. So yes. Yeah. What an amazing opportunity for you and somebody who is relatively young and still has a lot of life to explore. How cool is that? And as people are, as we're entering a new year, do you have any advice for people on who, where to start or what to do to pursue their dreams? I guess to hold how to do it very lightly. Like we have our dreams. To me, our dreams are like, they're like divine. If you think about it, who puts your dreams there? Like, how did you figure out your dream? It just suddenly you have a dream and it's there. Like, where did it come from? So there's something so special about our dreams. But the mistake we make is thinking we need to, we have this dream and say it's at, we think it's at step 42. And we think we have to plan out steps one through 42 in order to get there. That's where we get in trouble. So Go for your passions. Travel purposely in the direction of your dream, but be completely open. And this is, a, this is an openness that most people maybe have never experienced, but be completely open to anything that happens along the way. And the one thing that's a dream killer is, is thinking you need to plan 14 steps ahead and then getting really stressed out about it and then freaking out when it doesn't happen exactly how you think it should. So that's why I said hold it lightly. And take it one step at a time. Take one, be drawn to take a step. Take that step with no expectations. And then when you get there, take a breath, 
and then wait until you're trying to take the next step. No need to get stressed out about step 14 when you're at step one. Does that make sense? That's excellent advice, Christy. Really? How could people get in touch with you if they wanted to connect with you? Learn more about the services that you offer and just follow you on your journeys. Sure. I would say my website is the number one place and it's my name, which is hard to spell, but I've shortened the URL to christyh.com, K-R-I-S-T-Y-H.com. And that will bring you to christyhalberson.com because nobody knows how to spell the name. And then Instagram is a good place too. Uh, generally, Facebook I keep for people I actually know because I don't want to be stalked <laughs> because I put a lot more private stuff on Facebook. But I do have stuff I post on Facebook every now and then that are, anybody can see. So you can follow me on Facebook. But Instagram and my website are two great places. That's excellent. This has been a great interview and very encouraging to me. And I hope it has been to many of our other listeners as well. So 2023 is a great opportunity to pursue their dreams, but do so in an intentional way, but be open to new possibilities. Yeah, you're yeah. a natural. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it today. Thank you, Greg. This was so much fun. It was a pleasure to speak with life coach Christy Halverson about what prompted her to give up a very successful career to embrace a more nomadic and carefree lifestyle. I'm envious of her lifestyle because Christy can just wake up and decide to move on or stop somewhere that looks really interesting and opt to stay as long as she'd like to explore the area. Christy doesn't follow a plan at all. She explained that there's a big difference between being drawn to a plan and planning because of fear or belief that creating and following a plan is absolutely necessary. Christy calls it cottywampling and following her inner compass without a plan and the freedom to just wander. During the process, she has enjoyed several amazing experiences and met some pretty incredible people along the way. She set up a business to help coach or guide people to adjusting their mindset to overcome a belief that they must follow a rigid plan or schedule. Through some deep conversations with people either one-on-one -on -one or in a group sessions via Zoom, Christy shows people they can experience life in a completely different way. It's a valuable service because so many people buried their passions and purpose for life at a relatively early age in order to pursue the expectations of others or the plans other people set for them. While it may work well for many people, others struggle because they know they want to do something else. In fact, they may even feel called to pursue a different direction in their lives but need courage to take the first step. Christy just doesn't teach people how to go RVing, although I'm sure she'd be happy to help others pursue that goal if it's something that really inspires them to live a fuller life. Rather, Christy teaches people to be more present in the moment rather than becoming stuck in their past and worried about the future. She encourages people to take just one step and then, from that vantage point, determine the next step to take. Many people think they need to plan 14 steps ahead, and consequently they get caught up in the process of meticulous planning for every step and every contingency. Christy calls that a real dream killer. The breakthroughs people have by working with Christy not only energize her, but her clients are inspired to refer others to Christy to the point she always has people to help. Yet Christy maintains a schedule that doesn't tie her to a desk or a computer screen. If you'd like to connect with Christy, visit her website at www.christyh.com as well as look for her on Instagram by searching for Cotty Womple Now. In 
fact, she's happy to have a complimentary coaching session with anyone to give them a taste of what exploring options in life together would open up for them. There's also an opportunity to join her next group coaching session on February 6th. As you close out 2022, take time to reevaluate where your life is headed. If it's not in the direction you want to be going, perhaps Christy can help. Or review the resources available at www.christyh.com for help in turning your life around. Make 2023 a transformational year for you. If you're just exploring the RV lifestyle and work camping options, consider enrolling in The Dreamer's Journey. It's an online course produced by Work Camper News. Life is way too short to keep your dreams on hold, so don't be held back by fear because you were designed for more. Get started with the RV lifestyle the right way with this comprehensive guide. For just $29.95 for one year of access, Dreamers have unlimited viewing of 50 plus videos to learn things like what type of RV to buy, goal setting, how to budget for the adventure, developing a positive mindset, setting up a domicile, operating a small business on the road, plus all about work camping and how to find the right job for you. Each video is 30 to 90 minutes long, giving in-depth coverage on every topic. There's no wrong time to get started. So for more information, visit www.rvdreamersjourney.com. That's all I have for this, our final episode of 2022. Our first show of 2023 will feature an interview with an employer who has two interesting short-term work experiences this spring in the Houston area. So if you're tired of living in the frigid north, be sure to tune in next week to learn about this opportunity. I'll have details on the next episode of The Work Camper Show. Thanks for listening, and may you enjoy a happy, healthy, adventurous, and memorable new year.